And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes. I'd love to hear from listeners. You can send me an email. The address is rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. And you can call our vent line and leave your questions, comments, or just vent some frustrations at 772-245-0750. That number is 772-245-0750. You hardly know where to start. Uh, we are one day ahead of um, an impeachment proceeding in the House of Representatives. It's uh, it's sort of a sham impeachment proceeding. It's not what uh, history would tell you to expect. This one is being run by Adam Schiff and his Intelligence Committee, which is totally inappropriate. And an Intelligence Committee is not there uh, to conduct any sort of a due process and. It, Intelligence Committee is not even a standing um, committee in Congress. It is, uh, it is, you know, a select committee that's put together specifically to oversee the 17 intelligence agencies, which is uh, kind of a crazy thing in and of itself that we have 17 separate intelligence agencies in this country all, you know, engaged in their own forms of skullduggery and domestic spying and all of that. But uh, Adam Schiff has uh, taken that committee, and instead of doing oversight, much needed oversight, he is, uh, with you know the directive of Nancy Pelosi, turned it into an impeachment jihad against the President of the United States. He has <clears throat> he has turned uh, a committee in the House of Congress uh, to the specific intent of damaging this president and crippling this administration. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of theories on you know how this has come about. Um, one that I uh, sort of give a lot of credence is uh, that they know that the Inspector General's report is due out, and that it is going to implicate a lot of the intelligence agencies, and uh, including the FBI, which uh, you know engages in counterintelligence activities, so to speak, um, and. And they're uh, they're going on the offense, you know, s- sort of the same way they did with the original original Russia Gate uh, special counsel Robert Mueller to try to cover up for their own wrongdoing. Mueller was there to put the, the new administration on the defense and keep them from looking into uh, the Obama administration's use of the intelligence and law enforcement agencies in order to spy on the campaign of the opposing party, when Mueller came up with nothing, the very next day, this whistleblower uh, came uh, forward and started coordinating with Adam Schiff's intelligence committee and this, uh, this resistance law firm headed by Mark Zaid and funded by George Soros and other far left groups. And they have concocted this whole effort that you're seeing play out before us now. And starting tomorrow, they're going to 
uh, began taking witnesses. Now, these witnesses are very uh, selectively chosen by the Democrats to forward this narrative that the president somehow did something wrong by uh, by trying to uh, force the Ukraine to get to the bottom of their involvement in the uh, the 2016 election by producing smears against Donald Trump on behalf of the Democrat National Committee and into uh, Hunter Biden's um, taking millions of dollars from a corrupt Ukrainian gas company while his his father was in charge of America's uh, foreign policy with regard to Ukraine. So, you know, I said yesterday, if you uh, if you put together any form of tribunal and you allow me to determine which witnesses can and cannot be called, I will beat you in that tribunal every time because the, they've got this set up, Adam Schiff does, where the Republicans are not allowed to call any exculpatory witnesses for their own case. And the only case they'll be able to make on behalf of the president is to try to discredit the witnesses that the Democrats call. And there will be quite a lot to discredit. Basically, what we've got is this um, this gaggle of uh, foreign policy State Department employees that uh, had their feelings hurt because, you know, they, they were holdovers from the Obama administration and were knee-deep in, in this corruption that was going on in the Ukraine. And the president, uh, with the help of his personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, were over there trying to, uh, to you know, uncover that wrongdoing. And they were trying to work around the existing State Department um, bureaucrats and uh, and these bureaucrats know that you know they are in in uh, in jeopardy of being exposed as being uh, a complicit in these crimes that took place in the 2016 election, and so they're marching up to Capitol Hill uh, to testify in Adam Schiff's star chamber, you know, of the most uh, the the worst possible spin that they can put on the president's attempts to get to the bottom of this corruption. But none of them to date have been able to come up with any actual uh, uh, testimony pointing to this quid pro quo that the president was supposed to have engaged in. And, uh, and you know, I, I covered it extensively on yesterday's show about the Republican witness list. It's going to be uh, knocked down almost in its entirety by Adam Schiff, so you're only going to be able to hear from witnesses that support their theory of the case. They're going to deny the president uh, any meaningful due process in this sham. Uh, and you know they're they're out there on the news shows saying, "Well, Hunter Biden is irrelevant to all of this." <laughs> their whole theory of the case is that Donald Trump. Uh, was trying to leverage American foreign aid to get the president of the Ukraine to dig up dirt on his political opponents. Well, digging up dirt on his political opponent is a perfectly legitimate um, executive responsibility if, in fact, (laughs) that dirt exists. 
if the former vice president of the United States, who is now the Democrat frontrunner to be the next president of the United States, in fact engaged in corruption, then the American voter needs to know that before the election. And it sort of strikes me, you know, it always hits my ear uh, kind of uh, hard when I when I hear them saying that, well, they were he was about digging up dirt on Joe Biden. Well, if there is dirt to be dug, then now is the time the American people need to know about it. Now, once that uh, information came forward, you would have to evaluate it and whether or not it was uh, legitimate. But certainly, uh, Hunter Biden working for this Ukrainian gas company, uh, the energy sector in Ukraine is basically their cash cow that and the billions of dollars that the Obama administration was flooding the country with in uh, in IMF and taxpayer American taxpayer subsidies a lot of democrat cronies and uh, and so-called princelings were over there with their nose in the trough and Hunter Biden was one of them and it appears you know by any objective examination of what was going on that Hunter Biden was leveraging his relationship to the vice president who was in charge of Ukraine policy in order to extract millions of dollars. And there is a a former parliamentarian, actually he's a current parliamentarian in the Ukraine, that says uh, Joe Biden uh, had his nose in the trough too to the tune of about $900,000. Now the Democrats are saying, well, that's, you know, we don't want to hear from Joe, uh, Hunter Biden. That's irrelevant. We don't want to hear from his business partner and uh, John Kerry protege, Devin Archer, that's irrelevant to the the dirt that Trump wanted to be dug. This is a clip of uh, Eric Swalwell, the former uh, Democrat presidential nominee, who is, you know, one of the stupidest members in Congress, uh, talking about, you know, the due process that they're going to afford this president. Important that the president has due process, and evidence is not a conclusion. We have enough evidence from the depositions that we've done to warrant bringing this forward. Evidence of an extortion scheme using taxpayer dollars to ask a foreign government to investigate the president's opponent. But it's important that these witnesses raise their right hands and take questions from both Republicans and Democrats. The president is going to get that. It's important that the Republicans be afforded the opportunity to suggest witnesses that we should call and that we determine whether that is relevant. That. It's important that the Republicans get to suggest witnesses that we then get to deny. That's not due process. <laughs> if you if you went to any court of law and you know the prosecutor in the case against you was uh, had the leverage of being able to deny you the opportunity to bring witnesses in your defense, <clears throat> they would beat you every time. That is a star chamber. They're going to deny Hunter Biden's. They're going to deny Devin Archer. They're going to deny Nellie Orr, who was working for Fusion GPS to dig up these smears against Donald Trump, none of which turned out to have any substance to them. They're going to deny Alexandra Chalupa, who was working with the whistleblower in this case to coordinate with the Ukrainian embassy in Washington, D.C., in this opposition research against Trump. 
whether they deny these uh, these other State Department employees that said that there was no quid pro quo, that uh, the money was never conditioned on the Ukrainians getting to the bottom of this corruption, well, we get to be seen. That's uh, that's Tim Morrison, Kurt Volker, and David Hale. But um, I've got a clip here. Oh, Mo Brooks over in Alabama was appearing on a local Birmingham talk show. And he was talking about this whistleblower, and uh, and he says it uh, more clearly uh, than than I've heard anybody else describe the so-called whistleblower. And it becomes a real problem when you have people like the whistleblower, who is in fact a spy, in my judgment, and he was a spy on behalf of the Democratic Party, uh, Joe Biden, and who knows whom else. And I suspect that he went into the White House knowing that he was going to spy and he was going to try to undermine the president of the United States as best he could. Now, when you have someone of that nature, that is a real problem. And to me, we need to look long and hard at this whistleblower and there ought to be a determination as to whether he should be fired if he violated any laws that relate to the confidentiality of communications between the president of the United States on the one hand and the president of the Ukraine on the other, because his doing what he did as a spy on behalf of the Democrats has created a significant amount of friction between the United States of America, Ukraine, and who knows who else. Well, and it's uh, it's basically ground the United States House of Representatives to a halt. They're not taking care of any of the people's business because a spy for the Democrat Party that was deployed right after Mueller's investigation came up with nothing has, uh, has, you know, been leaking and receiving classified and privileged information that he was not allowed to have. And that's why the Democrats are so determined to keep him off of the witness list. Now, when it goes over to the, ha- uh, the Senate, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see whether or not the Republican senators have the cojones to blow back past all of this uh, furor that has been ginned up in the media that we're not allowed to know or speak the name of the whistleblower, even though everybody knows who he is. And, uh, and we're not allowed to hear from him because, oh, he will be put in mortal danger. They don't care about any of the Trump associates or supporters that are repeatedly assaulted in the streets run out of restaurants, sent death threats, sent, uh, you know, uh, white powder uh, that uh, in exploding envelopes. They don't care about any of that. But this whistleblower is off limits. You're not allowed to hear from him. When somebody tells you that you're not allowed to interview uh, the main witness that was behind this whole impeachment effort, that should make your uh, your antenna go up. Because this is a conspiracy, a Democrat deep state conspiracy to try to overturn the 2016 election. We're going to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the surprise bombshell witness that the Democrats have come up with right after these messages. Stick with us. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. 
what are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. So as of yesterday, uh, Adam Schiff was still dropping these transcripts of depositions that he took in his star chamber. Um, just now, uh, you know, allowing the the Republican uh, members of the House of Representatives that were denied access to these hearings uh, a look at them, and um, and this is being done in a very coordinated, uh, calculated fashion in order to try to feed uh, the Democrat media some you know sound bites that they can use to continue to uh, uh to sway public opinion in uh in the end this is going to be the representatives of the american people that will vote on this and they're hoping i think against hope that uh, they're going to be able to uh, put enough pressure on republican senators to force them into some sort of full-fledged trial in the senate uh that will allow uh, uh chuck schumer and the uh, the uh, Democrats there to you know continue to smear this president as we head in to the twenty twenty elections. But the big bombshell that they dropped yesterday was uh, supposedly uh, one of these Ukrainians that um, uh, was uh, associated with Rudy Giuliani. That uh, the Southern District of New York that has been uh, a uh, a resistance outpost there in Manhattan since this president came into office. Uh, they filed suit, or I mean, they uh, uh, they indicted this guy, Lev Parnas. Uh, he has now apparently um, agreed to testify on behalf of, uh, of this impeachment effort for the Southern District of New York in order to try to save his skin. They flipped him. He's become a jailhouse snitch. And uh, we don't know what he's going to say. Actually, I think we do. He's going to uh, say that uh, he was told to communicate to the new president of Ukraine, Zelensky, that uh, he would not get a meeting with the president if he did not investigate uh, Joe and Hunter Biden. Now, there are two other people that were in that meeting where this is said to have happened, both of which deny that that was the case. But yet, Lev Parnas, looking, you know, uh, he's a Ukrainian national, looking at uh, the prospect of spending the rest of his life in an American jail cell, has decided that, well, he'll give the Democrats and the, uh, the frenzied Clinton um supporters at the Southern district of New York, whatever they want, if they will promise, you know, to go easy on him, they're, they're flipping him. They're getting him to compose uh, testimony against the president. And this is going to be their uh, hail Mary pass. The Democrats in the house 
it's going to be their Hail Mary pass in order to try to uh, bring home this uh, this case of quid pro quo, which they've now sort of morphed into a bribery or extortion uh, charge against the president. Here's a, uh, a clip uh, telling you about uh, this this guy, Lev Parnas. A key figure in the Trump impeachment inquiry is now willing to comply with investigators. That's according to a lawyer who spoke to Reuters on Monday. Lev Parnas, a Ukrainian-American businessman, helped President Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, look for dirt on his political rival, Joe Biden. It's a sharp turnaround for Parnas, who had turned away three committees last month when they requested documents and testimony. He'd be a crucial witness if he cooperates. Parnas said he played a key role in connecting Giuliani to Ukrainian officials when Giuliani was investigating Biden and his son, Hunter. That's at the heart of the Democrat-led impeachment inquiry that's examining whether the U.S. president abused his office for personal political gain. Parnas's lawyer, Joseph Bondi, said, quote, We will honor and not avoid the committee's request to the extent they are legally proper, while scrupulously protecting Mr. Parnas's privileges, including that of the Fifth Amendment. So what you got to realize here is that these, these uh, it, when you get right to the bottom of the, the uh, Democrats' case, they are trying to impeach Trump for looking into the corruption in the Ukraine that Joe Biden and his son Hunter were knee deep in and they're framing this. And if you get to frame an argument, you can almost always win that argument. They're framing this, that, uh, he's looking into the activities of his political opponent. So when Joe Biden declared for the presidency and he is by all accounts, the front runner, I'm not sure I believe it. He basically gave himself immunity, some sort of force field against uh, any investigations into his son's blatant and obvious corruption and that of himself in the Ukraine. And while all of this goes on, uh, none of the people's business gets done. Here's Stephanie Grisham with the White House. Tell you, the president continues to work, and it's unfortunate that the Democrats, as you just said, are focusing only on impeachment. We're missing out on a lot of work that can be done on behalf of this country. Uh, the fact that the whistleblower has now um, his attorneys who, since the day the president took office, were tweeting about a coup and how they had to get the president out of the office should be of concern to a lot of people. But the president's going to continue to work. We've got to try and get USMCA passed. We've got to try to pass a budget for this country. We've got to fund our military. I would just implore the Democrats to understand that the president did nothing wrong. Their sham impeachment has not worked. It's not going to work. Let's all try to get to work for the country and do some positive things. Well, the Democrats have no intention whatsoever of actually getting on with the people's business. They're, they're basically, they're, nothing is getting done in the House of Representatives while Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi fixate on this impeachment effort that most people believe is doomed to fail in the senate and you wonder how much of this the american people are willing to put up with are they happy that the democrats have turned the house of representatives basically into a an arm an opposition arm of the democrat national committee are they happy that their taxpaying funds or their taxes are being used for political purposes 
I kind of doubt it, but we're going to have to wait until next November to find out just how upset the American people are with this whole effort. We've got to run out to a break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the whistleblower, and then we'll get on to some other news right after these messages. Stick with us right here on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. A daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Hey, give me a call on that vent line with your questions or comments. Weigh in on these uh, this uh, impeachment saga. Let me know what you think. The number is 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. And uh, I'll use your call on the air. So the Democrats are shifting their, their uh, rhetoric and their accusations against this president. Uh, from a quid pro quo, you recall that uh, that that was what this, this was going to be all about. The famous quid pro quo. The whistleblower came forward and said, "Oh, he had had people saying that there were that this call between the president and Zelensky was chock full of demands by the president to uh, investigate Joe Biden, and that if he didn't, that uh, they were going to withhold money, and that Joe Biden's name was uh, mentioned repeatedly." And, uh, and the whole point of that is they believed, I think, that the president was, uh, would not release this transcript. Most, quite frankly, most presidents would not have released that transcript because to do so uh, sort of impinges on uh, presidential uh, privileges and, uh, and will have negative effects for future um, presidents because if you know a House committee – can just demand to know all of the uh, co- or to see all the conversations that the president has with other heads of state, then it, it's going to limit uh, you know the willingness of other heads of states to talk candidly with the president and the president's ability to negotiate on behalf of the American people. At some point, you have to have some faith that uh, presidents are going to you know exercise their authorities and their responsibilities 
in the interests of the American people, and certainly this president has done just that. that. But the president released this call, and, uh, and the quid pro quo, poof, was gone. Because almost everything this so-called whistleblower, and uh, you know the name by now, I know the name by now, if I say the name on here, my, uh, uh, my distribution on Google and YouTube and Facebook will be uh, memory hold. They will stomp on it with uh, uh, their you know, jackboot, and, uh, and it will go away. So I'm not going to say the name. You know the name. I know the name. The whistleblower is, um, you know what, what they've got? They've got uh, so-called uh, bots that are crawling uh, the, the alternate media looking for examples of people saying this guy's name and when they do, that, uh, that content is promptly scrubbed from the Internet. So that's, that's where we are in this day and age. You're not allowed to say things that are in the public domain because it conflicts with their, uh, with their left-wing objective to control the flow of information. So now that we know that there was no quid pro quo, they've, uh, the Democrats in the House have started using the terms bribery and extortion. There's, there's no more support for those terms than there was for, for the quid pro quo. But first of all, it's not Latin, and they think that people understand it better. And, uh, and they are able to give this illusion that there was some sort of crime that took place here. Now, the Democrats, I understand, are have their feelings hurt that the president is looking into their own corruption in the Ukraine. But the president, even if he did everything that they said he did, that he conditioned this foreign aid on investigations into the corruption in the Ukraine that included that of the uh, vice president and his family, that would not be a violation of law. It would be no crime. It certainly would not be bribery or extortion. But they're, uh, you know, <laughs> they're very skilled in um, in ginning up these uh, these public relations campaigns. And their latest uh, ex- uh, effort is going to be all about, uh, you know, trying to make the president look like a criminal by accusing him of bribery or extortion. The president's re-election campaign is actually much more effective than his White House. His White House communication staff has uh, has not been very effective in all of this. His his campaign, on the other hand, has been very effective, and they put together this ad uh, talking about this quid pro quo. My conversation with the president, the new president of Ukraine, was perfect. There was no quid pro quo. There was nothing. It was a perfect conversation. 
Well, if that's the case, then why doesn't the president simply release the transcript of that call? I'm calling the president to release the transcript of the of the call. He says he said nothing inappropriate, so why not release the transcript? If the president's call was totally appropriate, as he claims, why not release the transcript of the call? The only way to put this story to bed is to release the transcript. And this could all be cleared up if they release it. Release the transcript first. That'll help clear some things up. Release the transcript of the conversation. Yeah, they all want to release the transcript transcript of the conversation they thought that he would not be able to do that and when he did and it turned out that the whistleblower uh, was making stuff up then they uh they switched their their whole campaign to this extortion and bribery special democrats joe biden others all calling for the transcript of this call to be released directly to the breaking news now as this moment the trump administration is releasing what the president describes as the transcript of that phone call that launched the democrats impeachment investigation the the big thing that everybody was talking about was that there was a quid pro quo there is no explicit quid pro quo that language or even that suggestion exists nowhere in this in this document the president did not say investigate joe biden if you want your money there are not multiple references as widely reported to the former vice president. Is this a big bowl of nothing? I don't see a tie to the money. People we talked to said the president didn't make any remarks about aid, and he doesn't. It was actually President Zelensky of Ukraine who first brought up outrage uh, to Rudy Giuliani. I don't see eight times Joe Biden being mentioned. There's no quid pro quo. Uh, There's no explicit promise or threat here. What we do have from the White House shows the president is right. There's plenty here that helps the president on his defense. And I don't see anywhere where there's a direct quid pro quo or any kind of pressure. He's saying, I did not pressure Ukraine to investigate the Biden family in exchange for military aid. That is true. It's another media disaster. I think this is one of the worst weeks in the history of the fake news media. You have been wrong on so many things. So the transcript of this call that they demanded be released showed that the president did not engage in the wrongdoing that was alleged by the whistleblower. And yet that didn't stop them. They had already mobilized their whole effort around this, thinking that the president would never release this transcript. And so they're pushing forward, and uh, and now they're morphing it into, uh, it wasn't quid pro quo, but it was bribery and, and uh, extortion. Well, guess what? You can't have bribery or extortion without a quid pro quo. That is what bribery or extortion is based on. Quid pro quo, something for something. You cannot, I mean, uh, at its base, bribery or extortion is a quid pro quo. But now the Democrats are admitting that we have no proof of a quid pro quo, but they throw these terms out there, bribery and extortion, because they know that people understand those. And, and what they're basically doing is just smearing the president. I played a clip uh, earlier of uh, Mo Brooks talking about this uh, this whistleblower, and uh, and here is uh, another clip from that same interview on that Birmingham talk station, talking about exactly what the Democrats are up to. And what the Democrats are doing is a disservice to our country on a number of different levels. Perhaps first and foremost, it is, it is diverting public attention, and it's diverting congressional attention from all the other things that we should be doing, like the passage of the National Defense Authorization Act, like the passage of appropriation bills that fully fund the government, uh, like uh, securing uh, the border. 
But let's be clear about what the Democrats are really doing. They are not trying to impeach the President of the United States. They're trying to give that appearance, but they're not trying to impeach the President of the United States. They know that that is a fruitless effort, that there is zero chance of there being a successful impeachment and conviction that results in Donald Trump leaving the White House. Rather, what they are doing is they are aggressively using taxpayer funds and the power of House subpoenas to bring in people who then can testify in ways that can be harmful to the President of the United States. Stated differently, the Socialist Democrats are using taxpayer funds to engage in opposition research to try to enhance the Democrats' chances of winning the White House, the House, and the Senate in the 2020 election. So American taxpayers of all stripes ought to be angry at the Democrats for their misuse of public funds for political purposes, which is what this is really about, and the diversion of attention from major challenges that our country faces past at hand that unfortunately have not been dealt with since the Democrats dipped their toes in these impeachment waters. Dip their toes in this, these impeachment waters, indeed. They did that before the president was even sworn into office, and it ought to it ought to make every American uh, uh, fear for the future of the republic that the Democrats can state their intention to remove a president before he has even taken office and spend the the president's whole first term in office, and I have very little doubt that he will be reelected, trying to uh, try trying to basically overturn an election. One of the other uh, counts that they say that they're going to bring against the president on this impeachment is obstruction of justice because he did not allow his uh, his own lawyers and his own um, you know cabinet members to go testify before Adam Schiff's star chamber. The very notion that Adam Schiff would have subpoenaed these people, knowing that they are protected by executive privilege, um, that's that's the real threat. The president uh, standing up for executive privileges is what he must do in order for our government to function. But they're going to charge him with obstruction. And some of the uh, the people that the uh, Schiff subpoenaed actually, instead of just saying, no, I'm not going to come and testify and leaving themselves open to uh, contempt citations from the uh, radical Dems in the House, Took it to court. Um, the first one, I can't remember his name, but he he took it to court and asked the court for a ruling on whether or not he should comply with the president's uh, invocation of executive privilege or whether he should comply with the House subpoena. The, the Democrats promptly withdrew that subpoena because they knew that there was no way they were going to win on that case. Then they subpoenaed John Bolton, the president's uh, national security advisor, and he did the same thing. He's gone to court to get a ruling on on which of the branches of government he should uh, obey. And um, and Mick Mulvaney tried to join that as well. But here's the thing. Uh, Subpoenas are issued by courts. They're not issued by the House. They're not issued by a private party in a lawsuit. They're not issued by a district attorney. They're issued by the court on behalf of one of the parties to a controversy. Simply not complying with a subpoena 
doesn't constitute obstruction until a court enforces that subpoena. Parties to uh, legal processes uh, have, uh, or, or they issue subpoenas regularly that are that the court uh, chooses not to enforce because uh, they violate some privilege or um, or other uh, you know legal um, bars to testimony. So you know it's not obstruction to refuse to comply with a subpoena unless and until a court weighs in and says, yes, you must comply. But they're going to move forward with that as well because they're taking advantage of, uh, you know, most people's uh, lack of knowledge on these things. We're going to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to hear sort of a long clip, actually a very long clip, of Tom Fenton with Judicial Watch being interviewed on this whole matter. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Well, I think I am not going to play this clip from Judicial Watch and and Tom Fenton. It's just too long and we've got too much to cover in the remaining uh, portion of this show. Uh, I want to play you a clip here. This is Devin Nunes. And uh, he's sort of describing what you're going to see in the upcoming uh, testimony. The Democrats are going to be calling these uh, State Department bureaucrats uh, forward to try to, you know, say bad things about the president, none of which will prove the Democrats' uh, charges of extortion or bribery or quid pro quo. But they'll they'll say, you know, that the president had a back channel that he was working to try to get to the uh, corruption in the Ukraine. And, and I don't blame him because... He knows that he can't trust the uh, the bureaucracy, so he was having his own people do it, including his private uh, attorney and his uh, his appointees. But Devin Nunes is uh, giving us sort of a preview of what these these State Department bureaucrats are going to that are you know part of Adam Schiff's impeachment effort are going to testify to. Well, they continue to ride roughshod over reality to fit their cult that they're having down in the bottom of the basement of the Capitol. What you saw with Sondland, like we told you when we came out, there's just nothing there. They also have a timeline problem. Sondland doesn't talk the supposed quid pro quo that they're talking about. This happens like six weeks after the phone call. So there's no reality here. People are lost, and I just don't see where this goes from here, but I guess they're going to continue and do this show trial. This is what we know for sure. Donald Trump hates aid. He thinks Ukraine is corrupt. He doesn't believe they're going to change. So does the World Bank. From from Ambassador Sondland and, 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 and others. We also know there's another important thing that we know. The bureaucracy there, they don't like Donald Trump. 
They're really mad that the EU ambassador is going to Ukraine. They're mad that the president and obviously people in the White House do not trust our ambassador in Ukraine. That's really what this is all about. It's about bureaucrats that were upset. And now they're trying to make up something to move towards impeachment. And the timelines don't even match up. Yeah, the the uh, the bureaucrats in the Ukraine with the State Department who had been part of uh, Obama's uh, administration's uh, corruption in the Ukraine got very upset that Donald Trump had his uh, his self-appointed EU ambassador and his private attorney over there, you know, looking into this, and they uh, they allowed themselves to become part of this impeachment effort. Uh, Donald Trump was talking about the former Ukrainian ambassador Yovanovitch who uh, gave testimony to Adam Schiff's star chamber and will probably be one of the big witnesses. Uh, they said, because during her testimony behind closed doors, she actually teared up and cried. And the Democrats are very excited on the possibility that when these public hearings start, that she may, uh, you know, invoke the tears again. And that will, uh, that'll play well to their, uh, uh, to their audience. And Tucker was talking about uh, the fact that uh, Jovanovic is actually part of this whole impeachment coup effort. Before the contents of the whistleblower complaint were known publicly, a Democratic congressional staffer contacted the former American ambassador to Ukraine to discuss what the staffer described as, quote, quite delicate and time-sensitive questions. This show has obtained exclusively an email from that Democratic staffer for the House Foreign Affairs Committee sent by private email to the former American ambassador, Marie Ivanovich. Now, Ivanovich, as you know, is now a key player in the Democrats' impeachment probe and was recalled from her post in Ukraine by President Trump in May of 2019, following allegations of serious partisanship and political bias. In the email, the Democratic aide says this, quote, I'm writing to see if you would have time to meet up for a chat. In particular, I'm hoping to discuss some Ukraine-related oversight questions we're exploring. I'd appreciate the chance to ground truth a few pieces of information with you, some of which are quite delicate slash time-sensitive, and thus, we want to make sure we get them right. End quote. Now, that email was sent on August 14th. That's two days after the whistleblower complaint was filed and a month before that complaint became public. The whistleblower, however, went to Schiff's team, Adam Schiff's team, before filing the complaints. The question is, did Schiff's office tell other Democrats on Capitol Hill what was in the complaint? In other words, how long did this effort play out in secret before the rest of the country learned of it? Well, we asked the Democratic spokesman for the House Foreign Affairs Committee about this, and here's the response we got, quote, The committee wanted to hear from an ambassador whose assignment was cut short under unusual circumstances. This staff outreach was part of a months-long effort that culminated in the September 9th launch of an investigation into these events. Uh-huh. Well, Congressman Lee Zeldin of New York asked Ambassador Yovanovitch directly about the email. Yovanovitch claimed that she never personally responded to it, never responded to the Democratic staffer. In fact, it turns out that she did respond. In fact, she said she, quote, looked forward to chatting with you to that staffer. And as Congressman Zeldin pointed out, the ambassador's original answer, which was dishonest, was given under oath. Huh. Oh, lying to Congress, there's a crime. You can go to jail for that. Ask Roger Stone, ask Paul Manafort, ask uh, Michael Flynn, ask uh, George Papadopoulos. The only time they ever, or, or ask uh, John Brennan or James Clapper, the only time they support or they uh, enforce laws against lying to Congress, apparently, 
or against Donald Trump associates or, or other Republicans that they're out to get. Will Yovanovitch be, uh, have charges brought against her? Calling Bill Barr. Where is the IG report? Well, you may have thought that we had enough Democrat candidates in this race. Uh, you know, you, you, you've seen these debates where the stage is so crowded with candidates, most of which have not a prayer in the world of ever, you know, getting the nomination. Uh, and you can't really even have a, uh, a, a, a reasoned discussion of the issues because there's so many of them trying to weigh in. At one point, uh, the first two rounds of debates – they had to do two separate nights. There were so many candidates. You would have think that by this point, a uh, an adequate uh, vehicle for the Democrat policies would have emerged. Well, you would think wrong because now uh, more candidates are weighing in. You you I mentioned on yesterday's show that Michael Bloomberg is uh, is throwing his hat in the ring and has filed uh, for the primary in Alabama. He's saying now that he's uh, he's going to skip the the caucuses in Iowa and the primaries in New Hampshire. But then he's going to engage his candidacy. Uh well, now we've also got uh Obama Attorney General Eric Holder who's uh, s- saying that he is going to get in and as well as former Massachusetts mayor Duval Patrick. We had we had one guy that uh you know joined the um uh, joined the campaign and appeared in the last debate. That was Tom Steyer, another billionaire. And Lizzie uh, Warren has just about had enough of these billionaires who are, you know, listening to her, her uh, promises to confiscate their wealth with an unconstitutional wealth tax and are deciding that, uh, you know, they've got to get in and carry the flag for the, uh, for the billionaires. And, you know, a a lot of people have heard uh, Michael Bloomberg's name. They know he is a billionaire. They know that he was former Republican mayor of New York City. But they've had very little actual exposure to this guy. And let me tell you, Michael Bloomberg is one of the most unlikable people you will ever run across. I found a clip here. He's talking about global warming, but this clip, as I'm playing it for you, is most relevant on this idea of, uh, you know, standing up to China, because apparently Bloomberg, and it shouldn't be surprising because he is a representative of Wall Street, uh, is a defender of the communist dictatorship there. So the United States currently accounts for about 15 percent of global greenhouse gas emissions. Yes. China accounts for roughly 30 percent of greenhouse yep. gas emissions. How do we even if we get to net zero and we're doing our part, how do you account and how do you get China, India, and the other countries to be good partners. China is doing a lot. India is doing some. But I think that that China is doing a lot. Yes, they're still building a bunch of coal-fired power plants. And they're still burning coal. Yes, they are. But they are now moving plants away from the cities. The communist... (laughs) What? They're still building coal-fired power plants and emitting carbon uh, dioxide that these uh, global warming hosters are you know, deathly afraid of, but they're moving them away from the cities. Oh, oh, okay, that'll save the planet. Party wants to stay in power in China, and they listen to the public. When the public says, I can't breathe the air, Xi Jinping is not a dictator. He has to satisfy what? his constituents, or he's not going to survive. He's power. not a dictator? 
No, he has to. He has a constituency to answer to. Doesn't and have a vote. He doesn't have a democracy. He doesn't. That he's doesn't not held mean he can survive if his, if his advisors. I mean, is is gave the him, check on him just a revolution? You're not going to have a revolution. Nobody. Well, then, no government survives without the will of the majority of its people. Okay, really? the Chinese Communist Party looks at Russia, and they look for where the Communist Party is, and they don't find it anymore, and they don't want that to happen. So they really are responsive, and he is making changes. It would be better if China did more. It, their people can go to their government and say, "If American can do it, why can't we do it?" People I mean, can I, go the, to the their idea government? that the Chinese government is responsive to sort of a, a democratic expression of. Fresh oh, air, come on. clean of air. Course they are. I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at the people in Hong well, Kong on, who are on, go, protesting go back and, go back and, and wondering the, whether the Chinese government cares the what they have to the say. The days when you have big pollution in, in, in Beijing, and they're doing something about it. That's that's yeah. ridiculous. You know, you they listen are to very these responsive to it. You listen to these billionaires sometime, and you wonder how the hell did they make all this money? You got Michael Bloomberg on television sticking up for the communist dictatorship in China and saying that they're responsive to their people. They're responsive to their people. There's no no national elections over there. The Communist Party imposes its will on the people. And if you don't believe me, just ask the demonstrators in Hong Kong. Michael Bloomberg stands a snowball's chance in Hades of getting elected president of the United States. I have no doubt that he's going to come in and Bigfoot the other candidates and all of this is because old joe biden is uh, very likely to get exposed as thoroughly corrupt and um and having engaged in all of this misconduct in the ukraine and once again i ask where is this ig report that we've been waiting so long on if that were out right now it might put the democrats on the defensive but i guess we'll have to wait for it indefinitely well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. I look forward to talking to you then. I've been working at Santa's Workshop for a long time and thought I'd seen it all. That was until I learned that when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can save hundreds on your wireless bill. When you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can get a powerful Internet experience and nationwide coverage on the most reliable network. Choose the data option that's right for you. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Based on root metrics by IHS Markets Root Score reports 2H 2020 of four mobile networks. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.